want to be a CEO? It's a tough mountain to climb. I'm finding out how to get there and what to do once you make it to the top. I'm Michael Thompson, and this is Three Peaks Leadership with Philip Levinson. So today it's all about strategy. There's a lot to discuss with strategy, so we'll get straight into it. I'm joined, as always, by Philip Levinson, CEO, CEO mentor, and the author of Three Peaks Leadership, How to Make It as a CEO and Beyond. Lev, g'day. Good morning, Michael. Talk to me about strategy. So I'm assuming that this is still a part of the first 100 days, the first peak. When should you start thinking about strategy? My favourite quote on strategy, which will encompass everything we're really talking about today, is by Donald Sull of MIT School of Management, who said that the value of a strategy is inversely proportional to the amount of paper dedicated to it. And I think that's a very important point because we start our strategic review as uh, newly appointed CEOs before we get into the company. And therefore, we start at a disadvantage because we don't know enough about the company to really make cogent decisions. So you're starting to plan based on what you think of the company as an outsider or as as an informed outsider, I suppose. That's exactly right. Uh, Which, of course, you can't come to a conclusion until you've been with the company for some time. Uh, And that's the important part, as we discussed over the last few episodes, on, on listening on asking questions, listening, because you really do need to know. Because at the end of the day, what's a strategy? It's the direction of the company for your tenure and hopefully for beyond that tenure. I suppose that was probably going to be my next question of how far in advance should you be planning with your strategy? Are there different different types of strategy in terms of the, the short-term goals that you might have? But is it also something that you're planning to try and set up the company to, to prosper and to, to really survive decades into the future, well past your tenure as CEO? Yes, I think it's a big ask for um, a decade-long strategy. Uh, In fact, as an aside, I recently uh, had a chat with my business partners about my fantastic strategy for 2020, which uh, was beautifully prepared, very well researched and presented impeccably and was off the rails by the 15th of February 2020. (laughs) So I didn't quite see that one coming. No. so you've really got, you've got to have, I guess, a one, three, five year view, recognizing that anything beyond one, you're really taking a bit of a leap of faith. But, you know, you, you've got to be doing the research into industry trends, into economic trends and conditions, as well as looking at where you as a company sit in your competitive set. Are you too small? You know, to be economically viable into the long term? Are you a potential takeover target? Are you a takeoverer? Uh, all these things need to be put into the mix. But anything beyond the one to three year mark starts to become a little bit hy- hypothetical. A strategy document, what does it actually look like? Is it something that you physically create in those first 100 days where you are actually preparing a written document that sets out where you want to be want to be going. For someone who's never been a CEO, I'm curious, is it something that that you keep to yourself? Is it something that you share with your senior senior leadership team? What's it look like and how big is it? How much detail do you put into this thing? These are great questions and 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 a myriad of mistakes have been made and I certainly made many of them myself on putting a strategy together. First thing is it has to be collaborative. 
I can't, you, one can't as a, as a leader of a business formulate a strategy without inputs from stakeholders, senior leaders, employees, the market, peers, the global economic condition. You need to be able to take pieces of information and of knowledge from all those sources in, in putting together your strategy. And it's also important that it's a collaborative effort so that your team supports it. I mean, one of the things that would get me really jumping around was when I sat with senior leaders and said, right, you know, this is what we're going to do. I've listened to everything that you've said. We've made our decision as a collective. We all own it. Is that right? And they would leave the room and I would hear, are we doing this in the member of staff would say, but it's a silly idea. And they'd say, yes, I know, but Lev wants it done. And I would think, what part of collective ownership don't we get here? We've all had the opportunity to talk about it. We've all had the opportunity to debate it within the behind closed doors. We've formulated our strategy. We're agreed on it. We own it. Now we need to go and communicate that. When you overhear a comment like that, what do you do? Do you talk to the person who has said it? And because that that kind of thing is difficult to work with, I would imagine. Yes, I think in that instance, the words, what part of collective responsibility didn't you understand? Uh, You know, are we not communicating properly here? We all agreed, I thought, that we all owned this. We've all had input into it. It's very important. It's a collaborative process. And I'm now hearing that it's my decision. Now, I take responsibility for it, of course. I'm going to be the one responsible for communicating it internally and externally, ultimately, but I need you to own it. And in order for it to be successful, we need you to own it. When you're, you're talking about the plan being successful, how do you actually measure your success against it? If you've got a one, a three, five-year plan, how do you measure your success? Is it just in the numbers? Is it in revenue? Is it in various other metrics that, you, that you've determined? Or is there something more, more than that in the the way the business is, is growing or in the culture of the business, I suppose it comes down to what you've set as your strategy, I suppose. Well, that's right. And I'm very conscious I've, I've ducked your question uh, almost deliberately because it was a hard question. And the question that you asked was, how much paper do you dedicate to the strategy? Uh, how much time? And, and the answer is, you've got to be able to present this thing within an hour. And that sounds like a long time, but for a strategic direction for a company, particularly if you're looking to change direction, that is that is quite succinct. You've got to start with the end, which is where do we want to be and by when? Who are we today? Where do we want to be by when? What market do we operate in? What are our key strengths? Where are the gaps? How do we fill those gaps? What do we want to look like? in three years' time. And I think to your point, success can be qualitative as well as quantitative. So for us, being regarded as a preferred employer, having high staff satisfaction ratings were very important marks. And it was, in fact, we took those points and put it into people's performance reviews. So, you know, your staff have a low uh, happiness rating for their current role in this section of the company, we need to do something about it. And particularly you need to do some, something about it. So it became a, um, it, it, it should be an iterative document. 
The problem with the strategy is that it is all consuming. Getting to your strategy meeting, and you do this typically as part of your 100-day plan, getting to your first strategy meeting where you're presenting the strategy for our company is all-consuming. You present, you debate, you spend the day, you should give yourself a lot of time to debate, and you should revise the strategy in accordance with feedback from stakeholders, board, and market soundings. But at some point, you crystallize it, and the document is produced, and you announce to the market, or you announce to your peers, or you and, and you announce to your teams that you have a strategy, and this is what it is, and this is how we're going to operate from now on. And at that point, you take this fantastic bound printed document that you're so proud of and you stick it in the drawer. And three years later, when you're cleaning out your desk, you notice your strategic plan and you go back to it and you think, well, that was, uh, that was an interesting hypothesis for the future. Looking back, I wish I'd known now what I should have known then. So it's not something that you typically refer back to the physical document that often. I suppose once you've set the goals and everyone knows where you're working towards, it's not something that you would need to go back to the physical document that often. No, but you should. Right. You should have it as an aid memoir. Like, where are we? It's the end of the first quarter after the strategic review. Yeah. Where are we? It's the end of the first year after that review. How close are we to what we thought? Do we need to, it's, you know, I use the analogy of sailing a boat. Do we have to trim the sails a bit? Do we tack? Yeah. Do we, or in modern parlance now, do we, do we pivot? Yeah. And if so, why and where and how? Broadly, and in a large organisation, you're always going to have people who disagree with the direction of the business. And you gave the example before of members of the, the senior leadership team who might not have agreed and, and might not have taken on that kind of collective responsibility for implementing the, the strategy. But what happens more broadly in an organisation if there are significant parts that, that don't agree with the direction that you're going and that the direction that you and the senior leadership team have decided to take for the business. Is it time for people, those people to, to leave the business? Is that a disruptive influence if you have people in, in the, the business who don't agree with where it's been decided that you will take the company? Uh, it, it is most definitely. It's too big a problem to deal with by wholesale relocation of people into other jobs. Um, for me, when I noticed the teams not agreeing with the overall strategy was when initiatives started to slow down. And I remember walking into a management meeting one morning and saying, I feel like I'm running in molasses. I'm running really hard, but I'm not getting anywhere. And the organization is not getting anywhere. And we need teams. We need to get somewhere. This is a, this is a fraught market. We are a subscale business. We have competitors looking to take us over and we need to initiate or to, to advance these initiatives at a greater pace. And I noticed then that instead of outright rejection of the strategy, it was more, I don't agree with it. I don't like it. I'm not going to help with it. I'm going to slow everything down. Yep. And at that point, you start having performance reviews and saying, look, we needed to change Direction, we are changing direction. We need to do this together. And if you don't agree with it or you don't like it or it doesn't suit you, please feel free to go and work with somewhere else. 
what happens when you start to veer off track? When you have a strategy and it's one, three, five years, what happens when you're you're veering off track or if, if running the business starts to, to get in the way of the long-term strategy and, and, and putting to one side for the moment, the, the other big events that might, that might occur. But what happens if you're just, you just get bogged down in the day to day? How do you bring it back on track? Well, you do. And I, I keep saying you need a plan, but you also need to be flexible and you need to have an approach. You need to continue to be watching the weather and what's going on in your industry and in the broader uh, community. So you definitely need to have the plan as a, as a, as a guide. But as I said, you also need to have the ability to pivot flex without, without doing it too often. Otherwise you start look, you know, you, you lose the, the integrity of the entire process. I suppose that, that leads me on to the, the next point then is what happens when circumstances change. So 2020 is a very good example of that. You don't deal with a pandemic very often, but I suppose incidents that are probably more frequent would be an opportunity comes up, perhaps something unexpected, either to, to take over another company or to be bought by someone else. What do you do in those circumstances? And you've got your strategy document. Do you tear it up? If necessary. Mm-hmm. But you need to take that decision on a very advised basis because you have been brought in the organisation to affect certain changes and the stakeholders are aligned with you whilst you're in the main, whilst you're doing that, that job to suddenly turn around and say, sorry, oops, got it wrong. And I'm tearing it up. You, you better have a very good reason. It had better be very well researched or completely compelling for the opportunity that, that has emerged that you just didn't see because of a downturn or, a, or a, you know, a pandemic or a crisis. The pandemic is probably, a, a, well, it's the, the biggest example imaginable of this. And there would be a lot of, I suppose, uh, leeway given to um, CEOs and, and management teams for not necessarily sticking to the exact strategy because the strategy in that kind of situation would would change a little bit, perhaps just to survival, making sure the company gets through. Afterwards, do you try and pick up where you left off and, and make sure the business is still tracking in the, the same direction? That's a great question. I think afterwards you look to what the tattered remnants of your strategy are and how fitting they are to the environment you're in today. And you decide which bits of it that you want to take and which bits of it you might need to discard. One final question, and I think it's important to, to note that that strategy doesn't just have to relate to large corporations, that, that what you're talking about here is equally applicable to uh, a startup, a small family business, that you need to know where you're going. Otherwise, you will just get bogged down in the day-to-day. That's exactly right. So, you know, Stephen Covey said, start with the end in mind. So as a startup founder, I would counsel you to, to have – a plan for where you want to be in one and three years time. Five is probably a little, little bit too far, but have a plan, have a view, have a vision, because that's what you're broadly communicating both to your staff, to your investors and, and to the broader market that you operate in. But recognize that rigid adherence to a plan might not necessarily be 
the best outcome. But also pivoting regularly and rapidly is the surefire way to lose confidence of your staff, of your board, and, and of the broader market. All right. So clearly, strategy is a very important part of the first 100 days because it, it informs the, the rest of the time, the second and third peaks. All link back to that uh, that first peak and strategy is a key part of that. There's a lot more about strategy though in your book yes. that we that we just don't have time to get into today. So the book is, of course, uh, Three Peaks Leadership, How to Make It as a CEO and Beyond. And in particular, there's some really interesting information in there about how to communicate that that strategy and how to make sure that you're bringing people along with you. So I'd, I'd highly encourage you to uh, to purchase the book and uh, and and do some more research on it because it's it's a really interesting topic uh, you can order the book on booktopia uh, amazon dimmix anywhere you buy books order your copy there's a lot more in there obviously than what we can cover here today there's plenty more to cover as well in upcoming episodes of the podcast so make sure you have uh, hit subscribe or follow on your podcast app so that the next episode of three peaks leadership appears in your playlist there's a new episode released every week I'm Michael Thompson, and this is Three Peaks Leadership with Philip Levinson. Thank you. Thank you.